You're listening to episode 25 of Daughters on Fire with your host, Melissa Burton and Robin Arab. In today's episode, Robin and I are going to talk about a risk factor this time of year in the elderly, and that's heat. Heat exhaustion, heat stroke, everything hot, because I don't know about you and where you find yourself in the summer of 2020, but it's hot outside. And that can pose a special danger to the elderly and something we need to be mindful of. So join us as we dive in to the risk factors of heat in the elderly. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. So Robin, today we are going to be talking about heat waves because we're right in the middle of summer. So I thought it would be a great time to talk about the hot, sultry months that we're in and how they impact <laughs> how they impact the elderly because I don't know about you, but I feel like it's a heat wave whenever I walk into, you know, an elderly person's home. So I'm kind of curious about how the hot, hot summers impact our um, elderly parents or those that we're caring for during this time frame. So one, you and I, I think have different experiences with heat. I'm always cold. I love this time of year. <laughs> what about you? I don't think the no. You like this summer? No, I think um, what would you say? Sultry. That makes it sound like it's nice. It's just stinking it hot. Is nice. <laughs> So no, I am always hot and I can remember the days that I did home health and I would walk in and it was the middle of summer, 90 degrees and boom, their heat was on. They were sitting in there with their sweaters and all you could think about was how quickly can I get in and out of here without dying? <laughs> back in your hot car, back to the next hot house. But yes, their their blood is thin. And, and yes, I, I guess my blood must be thin too, because I am, I, I love being warm. Um, and I will be one of those little ladies that will have the heat on in the summer, or I'll have it set at like probably 80. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, but what's interesting, and what I think we want to cover today is that this is not just something that we laugh about, you know, it's not just a battle over the thermostat. If you're caring for someone and you always want it to be colder, it's actually something that we really need to be mindful of in the summer months, because some an older person's reaction to heat is something that can get very dangerous very quickly. And so Robin and I want to talk to you all out there about just, you know, heat exhaustion, heat stress, things to look for and be mindful of during these hot months with those that you are caring for. So Robin, let's kick it off with just hemp symptoms of heat stress. So from your experience, what do you see as um, some symptoms to, for people to be mindful of with the elderly during the heat? The first thing I think is common sense, and we've all heard it, is the dry skin, mm -hmm. that they're not sweating, things like that. And I think a lot of that may come from a lot of older folks are incontinent. They don't like to do the water intake. They don't enjoy the water intake because then, then you're up and you're about and 
you're back and forth to the bathroom and it's an effort to get out of the chair to get to the bathroom. So it's much easier just not to drink and they don't realize that how, how much it's affecting them. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how sensitive the elderly are to dehydration. It seems like more often than not, the first symptoms of dehydration are like delirium. Well, and I'm thinking of, um, you know, as related to infections and stuff and UTIs and stuff. I feel like you go from I'm fine to things are way out of control before you know it. So they may not be feeling thirsty. They may not be feeling the urge to drink. So yes, the, the hot, dry skin, paleness, rapid heart rate, muscle cramps, nausea and vomiting, disorientation and confusion. And then we were mentioning the the delirium. And then of, of course, this one's an obvious one, fainting. You know, get outside and you faint. And then this one was surprising to me, but the worsening of pre-existing medical, medical conditions. That's something I would not have, have thought about that if you have a medical condition and it seems to be getting worse, then it could be related to being over overheated. And I, I think a lot of times in, in the summertime, emergency rooms, especially specifically, I would say that's their go-to. When you take a, an elderly person in that has delirium, has all those symptoms, the fainting, the dry skin, the rapid heart rate, a lot of times they seem to default immediately to either a UTI or, which is a urinary tract infection or dehydration. Mm-hmm. And, I would say most of the time they're right, but that is one of the things back to, as we we talk about being advocates, to be careful that that's not just a flippant diagnosis, that those things are going on and be sure to push the doctors to check all of those things simply can be helped with IV fluids there in the hospital and then released. One, We had a family that we cared for and the gentleman loved, loved to be outside and I think two or three times last summer, he would sit on the porch and his caregiver would try and get him in and he just was stubborn and would not come in. And he fainted because he was dehydrated. I and mean, it was 90 something degrees. Humidity here in Nashville makes that 190 degrees. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's not not something to mess with that he actually ended up in a, a rehab because of his symptoms and what the issues that it caused for him. Yes. And so this, the, again, the sensitivity to the, the heat and the dehydration can be like, Oh no, I'm just fine. I'm just fine. And like you said, the next thing you realize you're hospitalized because of it, because it goes just so fast, it quickly can um, spiral out of control. And so to go along with those pre-existing conditions, medications, in the hot weather can definitely be two things that don't mix well together. So some medications to be mindful of when you're taking your loved one out and about during these hot months. And some of these surprised me. Some of them seem kind of obvious and some definitely surprised me. Antidepressants, antihistamines, and other medications for like psychiatric conditions that they actually act on a part in the brain that controls the skin's ability to make sweat. 
So that was really interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And I did not realize that that was a side effect. And some people who are really sweaty might actually like that. (laughs) But the body's (laughs) natural response to regulating heat is sweat. So that's another symptom that if you're noticing, if somebody is not sweating, if it's really hot outside and they're not sweating, it may mean that their body is having a hard time regulating the heat. So those are medications to look at. Beta blockers, so those heart medications, they reduce the ability of the heart and lungs to adapt to stresses, including hot hot weather. And the um, diuretics, they act on the kidneys in, you know, encourage fluid loss. And so again, that can lead to very quick dehydration. And so here's a problem with diuretics. Oftentimes, those same individuals who are on the diuretics also have fluid restrictions, they're not supposed to drink a certain amount. And so that it just makes things more complicated. Their doctor says, don't drink, over drink. And you're on this medication and you're outside and you're getting dehydrated. Well, that changes and and you do need to be drinking. So you could, you could be very confused about how much water intake you actually need to be taking in. And then opioids and sedatives can reduce a person's awareness of physical discomfort. So these are um, really great tips, these medications and hot weather tips to keep in mind. I will say doing this as long as I have, that some of these were a little bit of a surprise to me. How about you, Robin? Well, I agree. And I think we've talked in other podcasts about being the detective and again, being the advocate. But those are all things that specifically, if you have somebody that you're caring for with dementia, and that they're number one, probably not able to tell you, they, they might know something's wrong, but they can't tell you what's wrong. So it's that investigative person coming out to see, you know, are they overheated? Have they been outside too long? Have, you know, are other things going on? But just with medicines, that that is very shocking to me, those that you named. I mean, there's some that are obvious and some that are not. But to your point, the diuretics, I mean, almost everybody is on a diuretic, I think. And so you're right. Your doctor's told you, told you, told you, told you, told you, do not have too much fluid. And now you're passing out because you didn't have enough fluid because you're dehydrated because of the heat. So it is, it's a a, a little bit of a detective call and trying to figure out what is a good balance. And, you know, whether that be early morning outside or late evening, it's just being mindful of what's going on. Yes. And then, like you said, the education of the, the patient, the loved one, or education of the caregiver, you're story that you told earlier about the gentleman who was kind of stubborn and wanted to be outside. It would have been a perfect example that if his caregiver was really educated on the situation, maybe she would have, like you said, gone out in the morning and really let him have a lot of outdoor time in the morning or in the evening, you know, maybe in an area that was shaded or an area that had really good ventilation. Just being mindful of that, you might make proactive decisions that still allow people to enjoy being outside or being warm and sultry, <laughs> but not, Hot but not, let it become, yes, <laughs> not let it become dire. Okay. So here are some risk factors to look for 
one are some are obvious, especially if you're dealing with cognitive decline. So some of the issues to look for or red flags to look for, again, with the mild cognitive impairment, self-care problems, they may become more frail, less have less ability to be mobile. Um, they may be losing track of time kind of to that gentleman. If he was alone, he'd probably be staying outside longer than he realized he was. Living alone uh, can be a risk factor. Then the chronic medical problems, you know, if somebody has new diagnosis, new medications that they're taking, they may not realize how it can impact them and some of what they enjoy doing, being outside. If somebody loved to go outside and, and weed the garden in the hot, hot summertime, you know, heat of the sun, and, and they are recovering from like even a mild stroke, that could be very dangerous, whereas maybe it was something they could tolerate well a year or so ago before the the problem happened or before the medical condition happened. And again, we've talked about the medications and the kidney kidney condition. So just other physical changes to be aware of the body. When the body changes, we need to know and listen to the body and what we need to adapt in those times. Well, and I think to your point, you know, gardening is, is one of those things, pulling weeds is one of those things that I think a lot of older folks still take enjoyment in. And they also feel like it's something they can do that's useful. They're playing in the dirt. It's relaxing. It's that type thing. But we don't always realize that as we age, it does change. So you were saying, you know, maybe last year it wasn't that big of a deal. This year, many things have maybe gone differently. The medicines have changed. The climate has changed. Things of that nature that you're a year older, so you don't metabolize things the same way. And it wasn't a problem a year ago, but it might be now. So it is keeping up with your medical history, your what's going on day to day, as far as how long you need to be out. Do you need to be out at all? Should you sit like me in the air conditioning and let it blow on you all day? Um, <laughs> just just making those choices. And, and again, back to the dementia, some folks aren't able to do that. So we have to do that for them or at least redirect them. So maybe it's right now at noon is not a good time to go out and pull weeds, even though you really, really want to. But what if we make a slushy or, you know, something, and that's really far-fetched. But <laughs> if we do some sort of indoor activity, what if you do knitting or do a puzzle or something right now, and then we'll go out later. So it does go back to the redirecting of to keep them safe. And there are things, again, those proactive steps to making it a little bit more comfortable when you're outside taking water. So I don't know about you, Robin, but I don't see a lot of my older clients carrying around water bottles. I just don't see that as something that they're as used to or as trendy as I think most younger people, it seems like they carry all sorts of fancy water bottles with them wherever they go. So it may be learning that new habit of carrying water with you and not just the the cup that you carry, you know, in your kitchen, but like something that's very portable and easy to use, maybe buying them some nice bottles or water bottles that they can fill up easily and they have straws in them, just that sort of stuff. Right. Or 
those cold great hats for for shade yes. those those rags, I, neck, not rags. Wrap, neck wraps yes mm-hmm. yes yes <laughs> i'm even thinking if you don't have one of those to take a washcloth and get it wet and just put it over your neck when you're spending time outside those are just little things that would be helpful but again the timing might be the best proactive decision is when you go outside well, and you know, and we often talk about the people that are ill, but let's talk a little bit about the people that go play golf. You know, there's lots of older folks that love to play golf, go out, walk in the park, some still playing tennis. It's those things of remember, you're now older, you need to take the precautions, as you said, you know, the hat, the the sunscreen, the cooling situation. And and you're right about the water bottles. My guess is most older people are not going to go out and purchase water bottles because they, they think that's a waste of money when you have it running in the sink. So, and they typically don't have those trendy cups. So you're right about that. I think it is just kind of shifting things around and re-educating. Absolutely. And then of course, if somebody does have a heat related medical emergency, I would just say, Call 911, get them to emergency room, get them to medical care to make sure everything is okay. I think this is dangerous enough that if they pass out, they probably need to be evaluated by a medical professional. If they came to and they're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. I don't know. I think it would just be safer for them to get checked out. Now, if there is a a nurse in the family or you um, are working with a a nurse or a home health agency or somewhere where you can say this happened. Can somebody just come over and make sure everything is okay? I think that would be advisable. It's serious enough that I don't think you just like, Hey, pop back up. I'm going to go take a nap and everything's going to be fine. I think it's dangerous enough to get medical clearance, if you will, that, that you're okay. Always err on the side of caution. That's right. So any other tips or wonderful stories for us uh, on this topic, Robin, as we kind of wrap up for the day? Well, you know, we were talking about the water bottles and and elderly not carrying them. My mother did. She carried those little little bitty ones. I don't know that she carried it because she thought she was going to be dehydrated. I don't don't know why she carried it. But I can't tell you, she would sit on those little water bottles and they would leak and she would get up and say, ah! I'm all wet. (laughs) (laughs) So she got her hydration elsewhere, but I do, I just remember those little water bottles everywhere. And another precaution, and this is definitely not where we want to go today, but leaving them, if you do take a water bottle and leaving them in the car and then Mm. they heat up and then you drink, that's not healthy either. So be careful about that. Also be careful about using, ice cold water, that type thing as you are um, trying to rehydrate because that's not always healthy either. It might need to be tap water and and things like that. This is a segue from an episode that recently aired. Bethany Thompson was talking to us about insomnia. And one of the tips that she gave was being well hydrated. So this is just goes in line with that, that if you're encouraging your loved one to be drinking water, one great thing to do 
is to be drinking water at the same time they're drinking water. So dehydration is not just something to be worried about for your loved one. It's also something that we all need to be worried about. And we're none of us are probably getting the amount of water that we should be without being really intentional about it. So if you're encouraging them to drink water, pick up that water bottle, pick up a cup and drink with them. And maybe it would actually make it them drink it more if you were drinking it with them as well. So water, water everywhere. That's a great tip. I love it. So be safe this summer in that hot and humid. That sultry summer (laughs) that we're enjoying. And we'll be looking forward to winter. (laughs) (laughs) We will be enjoying summer for as long as it lasts. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Robin. So good to talk to you today about the heat wave and we will catch you next time. Sounds good. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the fire tribe is here to support you. Check us out at daughtersonfire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.